Today's scripture reading comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. If you would, please open your Bibles with me and join me as we read God's word. Today's lesson is found in what is known as the pastoral letters and is Paul's second letter to Timothy, where Paul is encouraging Timothy and advises him on how to care for the church. As we read, take notice of Paul's reference to Timothy's spiritual heritage and discipleship. Hear now these words from Paul to Timothy. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those whom, from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and how you use the scriptures to speak to us and guide us. Send your Holy Spirit to be with us as we study it together today. Open our hearts and our minds to receive all that you have for us this day. And may the words that I speak be used by you for your glory. We pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is the second day of Lent, and as we follow Jesus towards the cross this Lenten season, we are taking time to focus on discipleship and what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. Last Sunday, Dr. Moore helped us to focus on the spiritual discipline of prayer, and today we're going to take a look at the study of Scripture the spiritual significance of spending time in God's word. For many reasons, this is near and dear to my heart. It's something that God has given me a passion for because I believe with all my heart that spending time in God's word truly makes a difference in our lives. I view the Bible as a gift from God, God's way of giving us what we need to live life well and to the fullest the way God has designed for us to live. The Apostle Paul was a disciple of Jesus and a student of God's word. But Paul's study was not driven by academic curiosity. For Paul, it was truly an act of worship. Paul's understanding of God, his theology, came from a changed heart, a hungry heart, to know God continually gleaning from his wisdom. Paul's understanding of God, his 
theology came from a changed heart, a heart hungry to know God and continually glean his wisdom. We hear about this in Romans chapter 11, where Paul says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his path beyond tracing out, for from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Paul wrote this letter to Timothy at a time when the Christian community was in jeopardy because of many hostile forces at play at the time. In today's reading, we hear how passionate Paul was about making sure the generations to follow would hear the good news of the gospel, God's story of love and redemption through his son, Jesus Christ. Paul also makes a note of noting how Timothy had known the Holy Scriptures since he was an infant, having been raised by a Jewish Christian mother named Eunice and his grandmother, Lois, who taught him the scriptures, trained him in God's way, and taught him about God's love. Paul himself had a good relationship with Timothy. They were close. For years, he had discipled him in the faith and was his mentor. In this second letter he writes to Timothy, we can sense that Paul felt a growing urgency to encourage Timothy. Paul knew that his time was limited, and he was preparing for what was to come, telling him to continue to stay tethered to the sacred writings he had known since childhood, the Torah, the Psalms, and the prophets. Now keep in mind, the New Testament writings had not yet been written. This is important because as 21st century Christians, we tend to be drawn more to the New Testament and sideline the Old Testament sometimes. But we have to remember that all of Scripture, the Old Testament and the New Testament, are an important part of God's story. As John Wesley once said, how much more are the Old and New Testaments together able, in God's hands, to make us more abundantly wise unto salvation? As we open the Bible, we are wise to remember that every word, from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, is an important part of God's story. Is an important part of God's redemptive story. Today in the U.S., we have Bibles readily available to us. In fact, many sources say that the Bible is the best-selling book of all time, and it is the most translated book in human history. We also know that many people still struggle to connect with the Bible and discover how everything in the Bible is essential to our everyday living and well-being. George Barna and the American Bible Association have been tracking the state of the Bible in the U.S. since 2011. And recently they released some new data. Here are just a few of those statistics. More than half of Americans, or 54%, believe the nation would fare poorly without the Bible. More than half of adults hold a high view of scripture, believing the Bible is without error. More than half of U.S. adults believe the Bible contains keys, 
contains the keys to living a meaningful life. 54% agree strongly or agree somewhat. And one in six adults read the Bible on their own most days of the week. While it's encouraging to hear that statistics seem to be trending up, they also reveal that there is much room for improvement for something so vital to our lives and spiritual well-being. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 to 25, Jesus says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. This is what we need, isn't it? A life with a steady foundation, a house that is built on the rock of God's word. Here's another startling statistic. According to George Barna, only 3% of the nation's 13-year-olds have a biblical worldview, which serves as the foundation of their decision-making. In fact, statistics say that the church is raising a generation of kids who have missed out on essential biblical training. On the surface, things may look fine, but as the winds of life blow and the rains come, we all, from the very youngest to the very oldest, need the firm foundation of Jesus Christ in our lives to help us make our way through and keep us steady. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 to 7, it says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. This is how God designed families and individuals to grow in faith, to stay tethered to God's precepts. And it's a commission to parents to be the primary spiritual guides in their children's lives, with the church serving as a spiritual support system. Often, though, this gets turned upside down. And I've come to believe that the reason for this is because many parents don't feel equipped to disciple their children, or they just don't know where to begin. They need help to grow in their own faith and relationship with God, to be encouraged and equipped to become the spiritual guides of their children and their families. This is what the church is designed to be and to do, to make disciples and encourage one another to grow in faith and disciple others in faith. And we want you to know that we are here for you. Let us know how we can support and encourage you. God is here for you too, and will speak to you through his word. He comforts, he guides, he reveals our sin, and transforms our lives and our hearts as we come with an open heart to him. A simple prayer is a great starting point. Help me, God, to have an open heart so that I may hear your voice today. We all have a spiritual heritage a story about our faith journey, and today I'd like to share part of mine with you. I was raised in the church. My family went to a Catholic church every Sunday, 
And as a child, I attended CCD each week, which is similar to Sunday school. But unfortunately, my faith at the time was mostly routine. While I knew about Jesus, I didn't really have a relationship with Jesus. I didn't understand the Bible or really understand God's story and how much God loved me and cared for me. When I was about 10 or 11 years old, I opened the big Bible that sat on the coffee table in our living room, but I didn't get very far at all. Then as a young adult, I became disillusioned and lazy, and I stopped going to church. And then when my children were born, we returned. Looking back now, I can see how throughout my life, God continually nudged me to draw me into relationship with him. As a young mom, one day I had a friend ask me if I had read the Bible. I shared with her that I had tried once when I was young, but couldn't understand the thouists and the willis, and so I gave up. My friend grabbed her son's children's Bible and encouraged me to read a a short passage. She did this to help me see that there were Bibles that were easier to read than the King James Version that I had struggled with. That day, she invited me and my family to join her the next Sunday at the Methodist Church down the street. So we took a break from attending our regular church, and we joined them. It was so different for me and for my children. It helped me to begin to see God with new eyes, and it wasn't long before I wanted to get to know him better. I was an avid reader, and after several nudges from God, I realized that I had never read the book, the Bible. When I told my friend about these nudges, she showed up the next day on my doorstep with an NIV study Bible. And I started on page one that day, and I read through from Genesis to Revelations over the course of the next three months. You may remember just a few weeks ago, Dr. Moore preached a sermon series on epiphanies. And the last week of the series, he told us about a man who was wrestling with wanting to know where to find truth. And holding both a Quran and a Bible, he prayed to God to reveal truth to him. And as he read the Bible, the words began to jump off the page, and it changed his life. That is the experience that I had those three months as I read through the Bible. I couldn't put it down, because suddenly I was getting to know Jesus in a way that I hadn't before. And the Holy Spirit was helping me to understand who God is, and that God so loved me and my children and the world. I also realized that there were some things in my life, priorities and choices that I was making, that needed to change, and that I was a sinner. And I no longer took offense to this because my heart was beginning to understand what that really meant. That being a sinner didn't make me bad. It means that I'm human and I need help. And God sent his son Jesus to help me do what I could not do for myself. This was my epiphany. I needed and I wanted a relationship with God. I became eager to spend time in God's word. I joined a Bible study and then another. And then before long, I faced some pretty significant challenges in my life. But through it all, 
I knew that I wasn't alone, and I now had a firm foundation to stand on. God was right there with me, and so were my friends who prayed with me and for me and helped me to grow in my faith. For me, this epiphany is my testimony to Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. This experience opened a new chapter in my faith journey and gave me a desire to know and follow and worship Jesus to be his disciple. So let's talk about what it means and looks like to follow Jesus and why we're taking time during Lent to talk about discipleship and spiritual disciplines. Discipleship, or following Jesus, is not intended to be an academic accomplishment. Discipleship is a journey. It's a process where we grow in our relationship with God through time and commitment as we engage in spiritual disciplines like prayer and study of scripture. We do this because through the power of the Holy Spirit, scripture reveals wisdom and gives us guidance and everything that we need for this life and for eternity. And God designed for us to open the scriptures alongside one another because we learn and grow best in community. Iron sharpens iron. God uses you to shape me and me to shape you. And as we encourage and support one another and are continually reminded of God's story of love and redemption, this is what we gain through our study of the Bible. Joshua 1, 7 and 8 says this, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Here at Weddington Church, we take discipleship and every word in scripture very seriously because we understand the spiritual significance that it has in our lives. We understand that we are all in different places on the journey. Some people have been studying the scriptures for a very long time, and some have little or no experience in reading the Bible, and like me, may have become frustrated when they tried. A common statement I hear often from adults is that they feel like they don't know enough about the Bible. And that the Bible and that Bible study is intimidating because others seem to know much more than they do. And that's okay. You're not alone. You'd be surprised how many people also feel this same way. My encouragement to you today is this. Wherever you are on your faith journey, start fresh today. Find a quiet place and open your Bible. Ask God to speak to you. Then spend some time reading and sitting in silence, just listening to what God has to say to your heart. If this is new to you, commit to doing it every day this week. 
And if you're not already part of a Bible study or a life group, go to the church website and look through our connections booklet, where you'll find lots of different ways to get connected with God and with others so that you can grow in your faith. If you have any questions or would like to talk to somebody, give me a call or email. You can do that with anyone on our ministry team staff or our pastors. We're on this journey together. We are your spiritual support system. The Bible is a gift to us from a good God. It is a lamp to our feet and a light on our path. And it tells us the greatest story ever told, God's story of his amazing love for us through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you please pray with me? Holy and gracious God, we thank you for your love and grace and for your holy word. I pray that you would bless each one of us today with a renewed desire to know you and to seek you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, to be tethered to your holy scriptures and to be open to hearing a fresh word from you. Soften our hearts, O God, so that we may see you for who you are and give us a deeper understanding of all that you have done for us through your Son, Jesus. Send your Holy Spirit to nudge us, to guide us, and to convict us of the places in our lives that need to be cleaned up. We thank you that when we come to you with our sin, you don't condemn us, but instead you cover us with your mercy and love. Transform our hearts and lives so that we may bring glory and honor to you, God. We pray all of this in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat>